Here's what I want you to do at home. I want you to raise both hands in the air, and I want you to say, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so, but we're going to change it tonight. We're going to change that, that song to Jesus loves me, this I know, for the cross tells me so. Amen? Good gracious. Incredible. Uh, it's great to be with you, and uh, let's dive into uh, what that video showed us about Good Friday. The story of Joseph as the prince of Egypt is one of the most popular uh, stories in all the Bible. Christians and non-Christians know it in some ways. Joseph, as we know, was sold as, uh, into slavery, Egyptian slavery by his, by his brothers because of their jealousy for him. And, and uh, the scripture tells us in Genesis that uh, he, Joseph walked with God even though he was in, in, enslaved. And, and over the time, God matured him and placed him in second command in all of Egypt as a prince of Egypt. And as the brothers stood back before him years later and they found out that their brother really didn't die or really wasn't still in slavery, uh, they stood before him and literally because of Joseph's power, he had the, the uh, decision to make and the power to do it to either kill them or forgive them. And his response, in his response, Joseph spoke one of the most powerful theological statements about the activity of God in all the scriptures. When in Genesis 50, 20, he says this to his brothers. As for you, he says to them, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. Here's what Joseph knew and demonstrated. He knew that God was not asleep, that God does not sleep nor slumber, that he is at work even in the midst of a national famine at the time, that God is intentional and he's all-powerful and he does not waste one millisecond for the good of his people and for his own glory. 2,000 years ago, God also wrote good on the single worst day in the history of the world. In an event of what man meant for evil in the crucifixion of Christ, God meant for good. That God was at work doing his greatest good in our most horrible evil. Later, Peter in Acts chapter 2 wrote about that. He says, Jesus was delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. God was at work doing good in the most horrible evil ever. Yes, the sovereign and all-powerful hand of God triumphs over sinful man every time and in every way. And here, ultimately, it is done in and through his son, Jesus Christ. One writer speaking of the crucifixion of Christ wrote this. He said, no suffering has ever been so unfitting. No human has ever been so unjustly treated because no other human has ever been so worthy of praise. No one else has ever lived without sin. No other human has ever been God himself. No horror surpasses what transpired on a hill 
outside of Jerusalem 2,000 years ago. Yes, God stamped good, in all caps, on the single worst day in all of history. When we think about it being evil, there's some characters. There's some, there's some, there's some, there's some characters in this drama, if you would, of people who meant evil, and yet God used it for good. I think our first one would have to be Judas, that Judas meant it for evil. Matthew 26 tells us that Judas maneuvered to deliver Jesus over to the authorities. Imagine this. Judas had been with Jesus three years. He actually goes to the chief priest in a secret meeting, and he asks the question, what will you give me if I deliver Jesus over to you? And he got his answer from the chief priest, 30 pieces of silver. Now, one of the questions I've asked when I read that is, how much was that? Was that life-changing money? Was that was that uh, like an athlete signing a $150 million 10-year contract? We make it empathize with Judas and his blindness and his short-sightedness, if it was, but it really it was $4,000. Judas sacrificed his soul, his eternal soul, for a month's salary in our kind of uh, money today. Eternity versus a month. The comparison and contrast is really mind-boggling when you think about it. Judas Iscariot went to the best seminary and he sat under the best professor for three years and he was lost. He was not a Christian. His love for money made him an easy target of Satan to use to deliver Jesus over to his death. But you know what? This didn't surprise Jesus. Yes, Jesus was fully human, but Jesus was also fully God. So he, he knew everything. Jesus saw this coming in Matthew 20, 18. He says, the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and scribes. We now know that nameless person that he didn't mention. We now know his name, Judas. Psalm 41, the psalmist writes in Psalm 41.9, he predicted that one of his close friends would turn on him, and it was Judas. Zechariah 11 tells us the exact price it would take, predicted it, 30 pieces of silver. Yes, what Judas intensely meant for evil, God meant it for good. But Judas wasn't alone. We also have the Jewish leaders who meant it for evil. Jesus had foretold on several occasions that the chief priests and scribes would condemn him to death and deliver him over to be mocked and flogged and crucified. He tells us that one place in Matthew 20. Even Pilate, the Roman governor of Judea, acknowledged to Jesus about this truth when he says, Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you over to me, Pilate says. Now, I want you to think about this. On the very day of Jesus' crucifixion, the Jewish Messiah being killed, the Son of the living God, the people overseeing that and applauding the most evil event in all of history 
were the very ones who were supposed to be shepherding God's people, Israel. The ones who were to be the spiritual leaders with the eyes to see and the ears to hear the coming of the Messiah who had arrived on the scene and they had been looking for supposedly since the Old Testament had repeated he would be coming and here's who he is and the Old Testament had told them that and they knew the Old Testament over and over and over. They could not see and they did not hear. They presided over and applauded his death. Again, Pilate saw sort of the why behind the what of the chief priests and scribes' actions. Mark 15, he says, Pilate perceived that it was out of envy that the chief priests had delivered Christ up. They were jealous of Jesus. They, they, he was winning the favor of the people, and they wanted the favor of the people. Judas might have loved money, but the, the love of power for the chief priests and spiritual leaders of Israel made them easy targets as well. So you have Judas. What Judas meant for evil, God worked for good. What the Jewish leaders meant for evil, God meant it for good. And then Pilate comes into play here. That Pilate also meant it for evil. Pilate doesn't get a free pass, folks. Even though in John 19, 11, Jesus tells Pilate, the ones who delivered me over to you has the greatest sin. But we know that he is not left out. Judas was the catalyst. The Jewish leaders in some ways drove the plan, but Pilate also played his role. Pilate tried, the scriptures tell us, to wash his hands of the murder of the Son of the living God. But all the washing in the world would not and could not and did not remove his guilt. When the world thinks of Pilate today, they think of him in this context. As the ranking Roman, he could have put an end to the injustice he witnessed firsthand. Both Luke and John recorded six times, six times in Scripture, that Pilate said these words, I find no guilt in him. Pilate knew that Jesus was innocent. And so therefore a ruler that would have some kind of integrity of heart would have vindicated the accused Jesus and would, not, and would have sought protection from him against his accusers. But Pilate bowed down. He bowed down to, to what seemed was right in his own eyes. He bowed down to what seemed was politically expedient in the moment. Add to that, he released the criminal, a known criminal Barabbas, and at the same time he ordered Jesus to be given the Roman scourge. The 39 lashes. Many have talked about those 39 lashes, but one of the things that sticks in my mind is uh, over the years, researchers have actually done that to cadavers. And about the 15th or 16th lash, you can actually split the back and see the internal organs. Jesus took 39 of those. And then in Luke 23, 25, Luke tells us 
that he delivered, Pilate delivered Jesus over to their will. They screamed, they wanted Jesus dead, and Pilate delivered them, and their will took place to be crucified. Pilate's love of both power and maybe even more people-pleasing, that he wanted to be liked by the crowds, made him an easy target as well. Yes, what Pilate meant for evil, God meant for good. What Judas meant for evil, God meant for good. What the Jewish leaders meant for evil, God meant for good. What Pilate meant for evil, God meant for good. And lastly, we come to the people also meant it for evil. The rank-and-file people of the day allowed themselves to be incited by those in power. We know they screamed for the release of the guilty man in place of the one who was innocent. Peter in Acts 3 tells us this. He says, you, speaking of the people, delivered Jesus over and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he had decided to release him. But you denied the holy and righteous one and asked for a murderer to be granted to you and you killed the author of life who God then raised from the dead. Peter was not playing around in Acts 3. He told the crowds, you did this. In Acts 4, 27, it tells us that the Jews and Gentiles worked together to kill Jesus. But the scriptures lead us to this point. The scriptures lead us away from Judas in some ways. It leads us away from the Jewish leaders. It leads us away from Pilate. And it leads us to the faceless uh, common people, the rank-and-file people of the day. In the Scriptures, it leads us to you and I, to us. It leads us to a very uncomfortable but much-needed place of confession. It leads us to a place that in some ways we just sang about in that last song. And it is this place that we delivered Jesus over to. That we meant it for evil, and yet God meant it for good. 1 Corinthians 15 tells us such, this such uh, incredible truth, sad truth. Christ died for our sins. Romans 4 tells us the same thing. He was delivered up for our trespasses. Galatians 1 says he gave himself for our sins. And 1 Peter 2 says he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree. We stand on Good Friday, 2020, and we praise God that he was at work doing his greatest good in our most horrible evil, that he was overriding the evil of Judas. He was overriding the evil of the Jewish leaders, that he was overriding the evil of the people. And yes, overriding the evil of all forgiven sinners ever since. And overriding the evil of you and I. To declare this, that what man intended for evil, the God of the universe worked for good. And that's why it's called Good Friday. On Good Friday, God made those who were his enemies his friends. On Good Friday, God bore the wrath towards sinners 
through his son, on Good Friday, God bought us back from the bondage of sin. Charles Spurgeon put it this way, On Good Friday through the cross, Jesus drank damnation dry. Paul put it this way in Romans 8.1, There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Through Good Friday and through the cross, Jesus drank damnation dry. This is why as a Christian, and we sang about this, we boast only in the cross. And in this boasting of the cross, it turns us to worship the one who hung on the cross. John, the writer of Revelation 5, put it this way. And they, those who've been saved, they whose sins have been forgiven, they who place their trust in the shed blood of Christ, they sang a new song saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood your ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation, and worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. On this Good Friday, let it remind us that worthy is the Lamb who was slain. That God is at work. And what we and all the others meant for evil, God meant it for good. Pray with me if you would.